Between Two Friends with Brett Trembley is a podcast for entrepreneurs about current issues, topics, advice pertaining to their industry, and more times than not, life in general. In this episode, our guest is Nick Snowberger. Hey everyone, Brett Trembley back with another episode of Between Two Friends. And today, it is my distinct privilege and honor to have one of my long, long time friends, Nick Snowberger is the owner of, of not just one, but many McDonald's franchises. So a uh, very successful young guy. Uh, Nick, thank you so much for joining us. That was a quick introduction, but tell us a little bit more about yourself. Like you mentioned, we went to school together, Eastern New Mexico University. Hard to believe that was two decades ago. Uh, kind of scary, really, how fast it flies by. But after college, uh, you know, went to work for McDonald's, been doing it ever since. And uh, currently owns seven restaurants across eastern New Mexico. And amongst those seven, it also includes the uh, most unique McDonald's in the world. Here in Roswell, New Mexico, we have a, a UFO-shaped McDonald's. We're very proud of it. It's, a, it's quite a sight to see. That's world famous. I mean, people take photos in front of that, in front of your McDonald's and post all over, you know, Instagram and Twitter. And, and you've had a lot of... of of uh, wild visitors over the years. And people come from all over the world. I know the UFO Museum here down the street from our restaurants has one of those maps up on their wall of the world and people get to put a pin in from where they're visiting from. And there's just from, from every continent, from almost every country, there's people that come from all over the place to visit Roswell. It's, it's, it's quite a, a draw for people that are interested in the extraterrestrial or, or um, life from uh, outer space. Tell everybody how you even get to be a McDonald's owner and operator because you can't just come in off the street with a bunch of money. I mean, you, 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 they're really, really selective in, in a very smart way of who, of who they allow to be uh, an owner operator. So there, there's three different ways to become an, a McDonald's owner operator. Uh, it's an application process and it usually lasts anywhere from two to five years. But the first way is to do it by being a second generation owner operator. So being the son or daughter of a current owner operator, or uh, the second way would be a spouse. So you could be the spouse of a, a current owner operator. And then the third way, and not, not in any order, but uh, it's registered applicants. So anybody from an outside industry, uh, any walk of life can apply to be an owner operator through the McDonald's website. Now the uh, application process is grueling and it's tedious, and it, it really starts anybody from any of those categories from ground zero. They start you off on French fries, and you have to work through all the positions in the store, spend right. your time learning, learning the operations of the company, and then all the way up through the final process includes uh, testing your business acumen, your financial acumen, how uh, organized you are, how well you can keep a calendar, how out of the box you, you can think about growing the business and they take a lot of things into consideration. And I think the current acceptance rate is uh, below 10%. So You can then come in from the outside and apply, but you still have to work for a McDonald's for a lot of years and work your way through with no guarantee that you're, you're, you're going to be accepted, right? You can't just go and, and buy a McDonald's and start earning that money. It's not, it's not quite how it yeah. works. If you've ever watched the movie Founder with Michael Keaton, there's this whole transition when uh, Ray Kroc is, is building the franchise system and they're starting to put these locations away from the original McDonald's. What kind of people were they going after to run these restaurants? And the initial people he was going after were these ultra-rich country club-going people 
that would buy the restaurant and then go back to the country club and just play golf or sit back in their mansion and hope just to, to score a paycheck. And in every instance that, that they had done that, the McDonald's that they had bought veered off of its course by either starting to serve fried chicken or, or changing the menu or the operations were garbage. And Ray Kroc made the, the, the change, the mental shift to say, these are not the right people we want running our restaurants, our franchises. And so we went from the country club to the town hall meeting and found blue collar working, working class people that would buy a franchise and then go inside that franchise and work alongside with their employees to build their business like a true entrepreneur. Yeah. And it makes sense because the corporate structure of McDonald's is set up to where the, the, the fees that I pay McDonald's are a percentage of my sales. So the better that I do as, as a franchisee, the better my franchisor does. The way McDonald's does almost everything is so well thought out and, and, and it has intention. And it goes back to what you were just saying, learning the lessons early on and who, who are our people? Who do we want to work with? And when you see a successful business, you can look at a grocery store chain compared to another one. And, and at one, the people are friendly and energetic. And at the other one, they're just there punching the clock. And it comes back to leadership. And within a franchise structure, especially because you know we, we do a lot of franchise law at the firm, you, you can't, and I always tell people as, as new, new franchisors, you're only as happy as your least happy franchisee because a bad franchisee will drive you crazy. It's just like family, right? You gotta bring in the right type of people that are going to enhance themselves and you and stick with the mission. McDonald's made a shift close to three years ago, three or four years ago, where the average amount of restaurants per organizational operator was one to three. So if there's, you know, if there's 35, 40,000 McDonald's inside the country, imagine how many different egos and personalities of these operators you have to deal with. So they shifted and they wanted to now go from uh, one to three to three to five, three to six, and reduce the amount of operators, the amount of people that I that exists like me by almost 50% and really focus on the operators that were driving business, driving sales, doing the best uh, that they could to make the arches as bright as possible. So they did recognize what you're talking about and they made a shift to deal with yeah. less sticks in the mud, if you will. Yeah, the arches as bright as possible. I love that one. Um, but certainly no matter how big you get, bad bad franchise owners will make you look bad and, and a, bad, a poorly run restaurant will reflect poorly on you know, all, all of the different McDonald's out there. So, and, and again, once you're, once you're approved to buy a McDonald's and you buy a restaurant, part of the franchise agreement is that you have zero business interest in any other business period. They want you solely focused on McDonald's. And part of the reason is, is they, they train you to, to talk and act like you have ketchup in your veins. Hmm. We are one big McFamily. There's no question about it. I love that. Look, it comes back to core values and company culture and mission and vision and constantly re-educating and reinforcing those values. So we're always pushing the boundaries on how we can grow the business. And one thing that we focus on a lot is how can we do things different than McDonald's trained us to do uh, our job? How can we think outside the box to get different and better results? And one of the things that we've done here recently is we set the, I know it's the national record. I don't know if it extends beyond the United States, but here in Roswell, New Mexico, we sent the single hour car record for a drive through at, at a restaurant when we put 473 vehicles through the UFO McDonald's drive through in one hour. 
And I kind of put us on the map. That's the record for the entire country for sure. But ideas like that put us in a unique position where, you know, we want to grow and the company wants to grow with us. You had the, the record for most amount of orders filled in one hour. So 60 minutes all through the drive-thru, right? Yes. And that was how many? 400 and what? Four, we put 473 unique vehicles and cars through our drive-thru in one hour. That is, that is, that is awesome. That's fun. Um, I hope there's someone else out there that, you know, like another owner operator who says I can, I can beat that Nick. Cause, cause you know what, maybe that's just a start. Maybe they one up you and then, and then you figure out how to, how to, you know, beat them again. I, th those kind of things I'm sure are fun for you to mix it up as, as an owner operator, because a lot of people could just say, oh, I make McDonald's every year. It's going to be the same but you're always looking for ways to do more and, and to, to help your employees have some fun. And we, we put cameras on the uh, lot lights in our parking lot, looking at the restaurant so people could see it happening. Cause you know, there's going to be those haters and those doubters out oh, there. Yeah. But we were <laughs> like five different angles and it's totally legit. Um, tell people what you did with the proceeds from that effort. We worked with a local church here in Roswell, New Mexico. And 100% uh, of our profits for that hour, we donated back to the church. They're currently renovating their youth building. Good, good for you guys. You guys work, work very hard at that stuff. So um, let's, let's do this now. I mean, you and I could talk for hours. Um, there's a lot of, of stuff that I want to ask you. But first time ever on our podcast, we had questions come in from, from the outside audience. So uh, your game, right? You ready? Let's do a lightning round. All right. Lightning round. All right. Here we go. First question. Uh, how often does the ice machine break and why? I'm, I'm assuming they mean the ice cream machine. I think it was the ice cream machine. It, it doesn't break very often. These machines are, are very reliable. The problem is, is they have to be cleaned, thoroughly broken apart and cleaned every week. But every night they have to be about halfway broken up, apart and cleaned. And a lot of times people forget, you know, the night crew will forget that's part of their duties. And so if the night team doesn't do it at close, here's what happens, okay? The, the team comes in the, in the morning and they're opening the restaurant and the machine is supposed to have been cleaned the night before and put back together. Now, if it hasn't, it won't make ice cream the next day. But you don't know it until someone orders an ice cream for the first time. Wow. It doesn't happen until like 11 or 12, right? People don't order ice cream for breakfast. Right. People sometimes may not even realize it's, it's working inside the restaurant until noon. And then it's an hour and a half to two hours to clean it at that point. So you're looking into like mid afternoon at this point. So it's, it's usually user error, unfortunately. That is actually very enlightening. And I'm glad to hear that there's a safeguard that the machine won't produce ice cream if it hasn't been cleaned. <laughs> I think uh, everyone, everyone will be, be very glad to hear that. So it's fair to say then maybe you can judge uh, the effectiveness of a manager of McDonald's on how often their ice cream machine goes down or doesn't go down because it's human error. I would say that's about 95% correct. Yes, it is, a it is a true measure of the organization of a restaurant, which I'm proud to say that in, in my company, they're, they're up, uh, very consistently. It used to be that when someone says McDonald's, the first thing that pops in your head would be, oh, it's a place that's consistent. You can get you know, reliable, consistent food. It's good food. That's quick service. Nowadays, someone says McDonald's, it's like, well, is the ice cream machine working? <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> Worse, dude. So it's a horrible reputation. Listen, that's funny because our next question is, 
How do you manage customer complaints when your ice cream machine is down? <laughs> when I want ice cream, my first question to the drive up employee is, is your ice cream machine working? <laughs> you know what? Uh, customer recovery is a huge part of the business. Uh, one of the things that, that, that I do is serve a, a value-oriented product on a massive scale. I mean, we serve, I think last month alone at one of my restaurants, we did 45, 46,000 customers in one month. We're, you know, we're not perfect. So we have an entire portion of my company that's focused on a customer recovery and making sure that our customers are leaving it as happy as possible. And usually uh, when we get the ice cream complaints, what we do is we like to call the customer once they leave uh, their feedback or contact them in, in some way and give them a, a, a rain check coupon for an ice cream on their next visit. That's a classy way to handle it. Whoever asked that question, by the way, there's a 1% chance that that came from, you know, the Roswell area. Um, but, you know, I bet you they just drive around looking for broken ice cream machines so they can get that. <laughs> I doubt it. Oh my gosh. All right, next, next question. Fast food traditionally has high employee turnover. How do you manage that? And how, do you, um, how much do you put into employee development? Oh, so great question. Yeah, we, you know, employee development is probably one thing I focus on more than anything else. And it goes back to a situation that I was in whenever I was uh, just a shift manager in my career. And I was just starting to run these shifts. And I was getting very frustrated because I was trying to deliver an exceptional customer experience. And the barriers were my employees. My employees were either late to work, they'd come in without their name tag, really terrible attitudes. And my supervisor at the time, his name is Cedric Coda, came in and said, how are things going? And I, you know, I told him about my frustrations and he looked me square in the face and he said, you don't get it. And I said, what do you mean I don't get it? He said, you don't get it. I said, I'm trying to deliver an exceptional customer experience. I think I get it. He said, those employees that you said are keeping you from doing your job, those aren't the barriers. That's the job. If you can manage those people, if you can take those people and make them productive, develop them into people that will deliver a customer experience that outshines our competitors, make them productive and, and train them and build a fantastic team around you, then they will deliver the customer experience that, you, that you're looking for. And since that day, it's been one of my primary focuses. If anyone were to ask me today, what is the number one way to run a McDonald's successfully? I would say build a great team. If you take care of your people, then they'll take care of your clients. You can't have unhappy employees and team members making your clients happy. It doesn't work that way. Tony Robbins has a quote that said, there's no such thing as a bad team, only a bad leader. I agree with that 100%. So let's see here. Does McDonald's share the special sauce ingredients with franchisees at any point? They don't. I cannot tell you what's in it. <laughs> I, could, I could tell you the flavors that I pick out in it, but we don't get access to that recipe. It is a secret recipe. Great question. McDonald's restaurants across the world and nation um, usually have a very similar theme in terms of design. Is there a rule or policy that allows your McDonald's or, or maybe some other ones to have a different look like the UFO look. What was that like going through that process? So McDonald's generally, if I wanted to build a new McDonald's or completely tear down and, and, and rebuild a, a restaurant, uh, they give you a, a, basically a portfolio of like six, seven, eight designs that you can pick from. Uh, one of the things that's made McDonald's so successful is the amount 
of consistency between the look and experience of each restaurant. You can recognize it from a mile away. So the, the UFO, for example, my dad built that restaurant. And when he was trying to build it, he said, you know, everybody knows about Roswell because of the aliens. It's a perfect opportunity to make a landmark and make something that McDonald's could be completely uh, proud of and, 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 and really showcase what, what Roswell has to offer. And McDonald's fought him and fought him and fought him and said, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to do a custom restaurant or, or a standard restaurant. We're not going to go this route. And I know that he fought him for about eight months before they finally said, okay, we'll let you design, design something different. But once he designed it and once he built it, um, it quickly became a, a huge attraction. The question that came in was, what are your keys to building successful teams in an industry that seems to struggle in this aspect? So I know you touched a lot on this, but maybe one or two little tidbits that you can leave people with. And I stood around one day and I looked at the way that my, my, my order presenter in the drive-thru was handing bags out. And he was just standing there and he'd get the bag and he would just hand it out the window like this. And then the next one out. Wasn't saying hi, wasn't smiling. And I said, listen, I know this isn't a McDonald's commercial where they're sticking their bag out the window and they're like, yeah, thanks, come again. Those are paid actors, you know what I'm saying? I know that that's, this is the real world, so we can't deliver that. But then I said to myself, well, they're paid actors. These are paid employees. Why not? Why not set that expectation? Why not build that culture inside your restaurant? Our, our company motto is our culture drives our systems. And really what that means is I, I want the people inside my restaurant to be there for the right reasons. I want them to be delivering that customer experience that's exceptional and that will blow our competition out of the water because they're motivated and they're driven and they're passionate about what they do. Not because they're afraid that I'm going to yell at them or they're going to get fired. And once we really started focusing on the culture and building the culture of our company, it solved a lot of our problems. And we really started attracting the, the best employees at Roswell, Artesia, Edgewood, and Santa Rosa had to offer. Nick, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for the insights. Thanks for opening up and, and taking all the questions that uh, people put at you, not only fun, but serious. Um, and man, congratulations on all your success. There's just no, no question in my mind, you know, when you look at the company culture McDonald's and then within who are the successful owners and operators, you know, why you have been able to, at such a young age, have so much opportunity and continue to grow. I mean, you, you know, tell us how, how many people do you employ? You know, what, what's your last count? So currently we have about 412 employees. Right. And I give them about 100% of the credit for the success of where this company is at today. Uh, my team, without a doubt, they are rock stars and heroes, especially during this 2020 year. They are on the front line delivering a value product, an essential product to our, our communities and putting their lives in danger in doing so. I'm so proud of them and I, I couldn't do it without them. There's no question about it. Absolutely, man. Listen, from somebody that has over 400 employees, thank you for taking the time to share with us. And I wish you nothing but continued success. Let's do this again sometime. I appreciate it. And I would be remiss if I didn't say that another part of my success are the fantastic partners I have in my business, like Trembley Law Firm. I have, <laughs> I've been thankful on numerous occasions for how aggressively you guys uh, represent me and my company. I'm very grateful for, for our partnership. So thank uh -huh. you. A perfect little soundbite I didn't ask for, but we're going to blast it all over the internet. Please do. Please <laughs> by it. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for our next episode.